Welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm Kristen Martin. And I'm Maritza Chavez. And welcome to Convo. During the, the next hour, we hope you feel like you've really experienced what it's like to travel to Peru just like we did last semester. In order to do that, we have a few guidelines. Please turn off all electronic devices unless your phone has a ringtone of any Elton John song played on a pan flute. We also ask that you remain seated because even if this thing is going to last three hours, it's important that you stay actively engaged throughout the entire performance. If you should need to use a restroom, I hope you brought your own toilet paper. In the event that you can't find indoor plumbing, any tree or shrub that has leaves this season should suffice. Thank you so much for coming, and we hope you enjoy our adventure. The first people we're going to hear from are the, actually, it's Andrea. <laughs> Oh, my bad. It's the boys. <laughs> I'm Micah Helmuth. I'm Ben Suter. And I'm Brian Plank. And we're the boys of the fall 2012 Peru SST. <laughs> it's a big deal. Quit laughing. And we have a, a top 10 list thing of, of things we loved about Peru. So, Micah. Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about is the retreat center and the man castle. It was awesome. Um, and the second thing we loved was Inca Cola, which one of uh, my host parents called the little brother of Coca-Cola. Um, and another thing that we liked about being in Peru, uh, and especially this group in particular, were all the smoking hot women. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to enjoy that. <laughs> Something we don't have a picture of, but it was really cool, were the stars in San Juan de Quibres. Um Another thing that we enjoyed was Brian talking to drunk Peruvians. Um, we also liked uh, the Despedido, which was a uh, show that we put on after our term in uh, Lima, and I got to dress up like a pirate, and Micah got to dress up like a pirate, and Ben played the role of God, so it was pretty. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Okay, so another thing we enjoyed was Machu Picchu. This is Huayna Picchu, and it's basically just like straight uphill climb. Um, and uh, a seventh thing that we liked was delivering water in the Pueblos Jovenes, um, which was basically a big tanker of water and us um, spraying each other with those water hoses. Uh, and probably one of my favorite things about being in Peru was uh, our professors up there, Jane and Gerald. They were super cool. The last thing we want to talk about is our host families. They were all really cool, so we had to get pictures of them. That's my sister. And next will be Andrea. Hi, I'm Andrea Berkey. I'm just going to briefly mention a few things about the study part of our trip. 
Um, after a four-hour delay at the airport, we arrived at about 3.30 in the morning to Peru, tired but ready to begin our adventures of living in a strange new world. We met our incredible SST leaders, Jane and Gerald, and their four kids, who made us quickly realize that we were lucky enough to experience the best, most relaxed SST leaders ever. Sorry, everyone else. Um, we were immediately, immediately thrown into the wild realm of Lima, Peru, where every meal was served with rice, toilet paper was thrown in the trash, and our bus trips involved using every part of our bodies to fend off the tiniest piece of personal space from the wonderful but slightly space-encroaching citizens of Lima, <laughs> while also trying not to miss our stop. Our study adventures involved visits to a terraced garden with the mayor of the district, a special visit to a special ed school, an orphanage, and a famous artist house and studio, as well as cultural dance and music lessons, lectures, and a rain-soaked hike through um, Lima's one green mountain. We overcame the nervousness of meeting host families and trying to converse with them in, in an entirely different language and discovered how to barter in the markets. We battled urges to splurge on comfort foods at McDonald's and quickly became adept at going into restaurants and only ordering foods that we could find a translation for in our pocket dictionaries. Through it all, we focused on becoming more aware of and educating ourselves about those living on the fringes of society, those marginalized and discriminated against for any reason, be it deafness, skin color, lack of wealth, anything. These were the people who we tried to interact with the most and whose stories held the most impact. Hello, my name, Hello, my name is Rosa Wise. I'm Christine Stubblefield. I'm Anna Latchaw. Kiana McCain. I'm Mia Ingle. And we five are the ones who don't know Spanish. And we went to Peru to learn Peruvian Sign Language and we lived with deaf families. And at our Despedida in Lima, we did an ABC story, which is a form of deaf poetry. We only use the hand shapes of the alphabet. So we're gonna do that for you now, and we hope that you can pick up some of our experiences. Um, we've asked the interpreter not to voice, so you'll just have to watch and see if you can figure it out. Um, we have something about transportation, our food experiences, our field trip to deliver water, um, and our dance lessons, so we hope you enjoy.
Hi, my name is Rebecca Lintz. And I'm Amy Blankenship. And we would like to share a little bit about an experience we had in a rural village up in the Andes known as San Juan de Quiris. Okay, so after service, or after study in Lima, um, we had about a week to go sightseeing um, before we started our service assignments. Um, and in that week, we went to San Juan de Quiris. Um, our leader, Gerald, said it was gonna be like our boot camp before service actually started, and he was right. It was uh, pretty difficult for all of us. Um, the main problem was that um, most of our host families didn't speak Spanish, they spoke Quechua, so communicating was more difficult than normal. Um, also, we weren't uh, used to um, the living conditions that we lived in. Um, the houses were made out of adobe and they were really small and had dirt floors. Um, and it was really cold at night, so despite all the blankets, the alpaca blankets that we were given, we froze all night. And then during the day, it was so hot that we got sunburns. Um, another difficulty was um, we had to go to the restroom outside in squatty potties, and many of us had not done that before, so that was exciting. Um, also, there were animals living in the house, um, in our bedrooms. There were guinea pigs, chickens, and cats. Um, so we went to San Juan because um, we were supposed to learn about the culture and the people and how they lived, but we, it was also like a mini service assignment. Um, we were supposed to help out our service families in any way that we could, um, but the problem with that was they didn't want us to help them. They didn't think we were able to work because we were white Americans. Um, they asked us if we could do little simple tasks like peel beans, and they were astonished when we said we could. Um, but after our insistence, we, they finally let us uh, hoe in their garden, and that was like an hour long, and they said we needed to take a break. So to be honest, I didn't particularly love this experience at the time. Um, more than anything, it was just really uncomfortable. Um, the language itself was hard enough to follow, but then our host family would ask us questions like, what kinds of trees grow in the United States? Or how many different types of corn we have? Um, they'd ask us if we knew how to sing, then they made us sing a lot. <laughs> um, we really wanted to try and connect to our host family, but all of our efforts ended in awkward silences. And whenever there was an awkward silence, they'd ask us to sing again. <laughs> so then to top it all off, every time we were in our room, someone from our family would come and they'd shut our bedroom door and they'd latch it from the outside. So they did this so that um, the chickens wouldn't get in the room, but what it meant was we were locked in. <laughs> so to get out, we'd either have to like bang on the door or wait till someone came and let us out. Um, so, I was trying to keep an open mind all weekend, and I appreciated this experience, but I was definitely ready to leave. <laughs> so then our last night arrived, and Amy and I were in the bedroom playing cards, because we were locked in again. <laughs> um, and our three host sisters came in the room, and they wanted to know what we were doing. So we explained the rules of our card game, and then we spent the next couple of hours playing cards, and we were laughing, and we were joking around, and we were really having fun. So, it, it was the perfect remedy to my not-so-great attitude, and it really helped us connect better with our generous hosts that last night. So, that weekend wasn't necessarily the easiest experience, but definitely one we'll never forget. I'm Emma Brooks. And I'm Aspen Schmidt. 
And after our study, we broke, up a, we broke open a piñata. We broke open a piñata on Amy's birthday and outpoured our service assignments. Four of us headed to the jungle, nine to Cusco and surrounding areas, and five to Ayacucho. While in Cusco, before we dispersed, we all anticipated with excitement and anxiety our new homes and communities, and Aspen and I were so inspired to write this little song for you. Ayacucho, Cusco, come on and let's go to Lima, drink chucha, hi, Machu Picchu, Ikui, Mechui, Taka, Kaukui, Tambo, Minicambo, Oxapapa, All right, so um, I had a couple different Peruvian experiences uh, with songs on SST. Um, one being the song you just heard, and then another. So I was living in Oxapampa with Emma. It's a town out in the jungle, and during the first week I was there, my mom would not stop talking about this church anniversary that was going to happen during my first weekend. She seemed so excited about it that I told her, of course, I'll go with you, no problem. So that weekend, my mom, one of my little sisters, and I went to the anniversary. We began by piling ourselves into a car with 13 other people, and then we all drove for two and a half hours. It was awesome. <laughs> so when we arrived in this tiny village in the middle of the jungle, no one was really there. My mom proceeded to tell me that more people would be showing up throughout the weekend. Whoa, wait, throughout the weekend? You mean tonight, showing up tonight? No, throughout the weekend, we're staying here tonight. Oh, thanks for the heads up. I could have brought some clothes or a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, um, I was wondering why you didn't bring anything. So anyway, that's beside the point. Um, as the night drew closer, people started to come in by the dozens and this three-walled cinder block church became crowded. Uh, so crowded that there were not enough chairs, people were sitting against the walls, and others were standing out the back. The anniversary had begun. Sorry. About 30 minutes before the main event started, one of the pastors came up to me and asked if I would sing. Man, sorry. <laughs> he said that they had never had an American in their village and that it would be good if I could sing something for them in English. I laughed a little and said no, but then he insisted. He kept asking me if I would over and over. Finally, the voice inside my head of our leaders, Jane and Gerald, telling us to never turn down an opportunity, filled my thoughts, and I gave in. He promised to get a drummer and a guitar player to assist me, and 30 minutes later, I was ready to sing Come Thou Fount. I thought this choice was a good one, since some people had heard the song sung before in Spanish, so they knew the tune. I also thought it was a good choice because it was one of the only hymns that I could think of almost all the words to every verse. So that was that. I was going to sing Come Thou Fount. I wrote all the lyrics out in my notebook and got ready to go on stage. There were only a couple spots that I couldn't remember, remember the words, and I was positive that they would come to me once I got into the music and started singing. In any case, I had other musicians with me, and they would at least be playing if I messed up. So I took my place on stage. 
more nervous than I think I have ever been in my life. I had only been in one choir concert before, and I can promise you that I was not doing a solo in that concert. So, yeah. I took my place on stage, and then no one joined me. <laughs> oh, Peru. So, I began by myself to sing very, very shakily. I sang in front of 200 people that night. I, in fact, did not remember all of the words and had to think of some on the spot. And here is the result. Please note that my pitch is a little iffy since I was so nervous. Also, pay attention to the words. Hopefully you got what happened there. Uh, on my second verse, I did in fact say, then I got attacked by a bear. <laughs> and in the face, I got clawed. So when I came to that verse, I realized I was not going to remember the words and needed something that rhymed with God. So naturally, I thought of the word clawed and uh, went from there. None of the Peruvians noticed at all since I was the only person in the room that spoke a lick of English, and now I have proof of my biggest accomplishment in life. Okay, um, Mia and I are both in the ASL program, and we ended up both doing the same service assignment in the same city, and our host families were really good friends. So we spent a lot of time together. Every day, except for four days. And like we shared beds, it was great. Um, so we have a lot of stories we could tell, but we just picked this one. And it's really funny visually, so Mia's gonna kind of interpret. You'll see. It'll be a mix of ASL and Peruvian sign. So this one time, our host families had agreed, like, I had spent the night at her, she had spent the night at my house, and I was going to spend the night at her house. So my host family was going to drop me off at a deaf event, deaf event and she, her host family was going to pick us up. So my host family dropped us off, and then her host family didn't pick us up. For the usual. And so we're, oh, no big deal, because Rosa Wise was there, and her host family lives in the same neighborhood. So they were like, oh, we'll take you. We were like, oh, bless you. So <laughs> we get in a taxi, which was interesting, you know, three of us who don't speak Spanish, two of them who are deaf. But Rosa's mom could kind of talk, right? So I don't know how we got where we were going. Um, we get to our house, and I have to describe Rosa's host parents for you. We have her mom who is this tall, and um, we call her Peanut because her host sign, her name sign means Peanut in American Sign Language. And she's probably like 85 pounds, proving, you know. And then her host dad was like this tall, and um, we call him Freckles because his host, or his name sign means Freckles. I don't know why. Um, 
<laughs> and we get out of the taxi, and let me just describe me as neighborhood. There's like beautiful paved streets, concrete buildings, and then off to the right, there's like this sketchy dirt road. That's her road. And it's like muddy and really no cars will go up there so the taxi just like let us off and like you can walk the rest well I think that's what he said I don't know um <laughs> and we get out of the taxi and it was just like from a movie the sketchiest part of her neighborhood is the dogs that will like they live everywhere you don't know where they are and they'll just like pop out and bite you and <laughs> so we were terrified to go up this hill um, and right as we get out of the taxi, just like a movie, there's the moon is shining on a, the walkway. The three dogs, the meanest dogs in the world, round the bend and perch themselves on the top of the hill. And they're like angry. Like we could see their teeth from where we were. So, <laughs> yeah, they were really shiny. Um, and then we have Peanut and Freckles to help us. <laughs> so... Freckles is like, he's really short, but he's kind of staunchy. He could, he could help out. He takes the lead immediately. He grabs Mia's book bag and like sling, swings it over his shoulder. And I don't know where, there, he had a whip. I, I, I don't know, like there weren't any bushes around, so he couldn't like make one on the fly. I don't know. And then he had rocks too. Like he was throwing rocks at the dog. So we got the backpack, the whip, and the rocks. And... <laughs> Little Peanut, who's like, like I said, 85 pounds, like grabs us and she's like, get behind me. Well, she signed, get behind me. So we're like walking like, <laughs> in her footsteps and like cowering, the three of us behind this tiny woman. All the while, Freckles is like snapping the whip in dogs' faces. Like, <laughs> it was so intense. And we got back to their house safe and sound. We were like, oh my gosh, Peanut Freckles, thank you so much for saving our lives from those dogs. <laughs> so that's it. Hello, my name is Leanna Teodosio, and I'm going to share a reflection on one aspect of my service assignment. I was located in Wakarpai, and that's um, about an hour outside the center of Cusco. So I worked with my host mom, whose name is Juana, in a clinic. But unlike a typical clinic where patients come in to see the doctor, this clinic went out to see the people. And we went to the really, really remote areas of the Andes Mountains to bring health education, medicines, and care for the people who live there. And by really, really remote, I mean an eight-hour bus ride through the winding switchback mountains. So those were great. <clears throat> Five days at a time in an exceptionally rustic part of Peru, think San Juan de Quiberes, like uh, Amy and Becca were talking about, can be wearying. Um, Colca is the last location that Juan and I traveled to, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, so the high altitude, high altitude makes the wind really, really cold. It pierces to your bones. And it, was, it tended to be an alienating time because, like they said, they speak Quechua, and I spoke really limited Spanish, like probably like a seven-year-old. So I couldn't really communicate. I could just smile at them. But I was able to do some helpful tasks for Juana like, and for the residents of Colca, such as put parasite medicine into little baggies for them to take home to their families or pass out bread to eat after church 
or um, my favorite part was I got to teach a group of mothers about uh, dental hygiene using one of those little tooth models and those huge toothbrushes. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and I also created an inventory to bring some organization to the clinic and uh, help out the people too. But like I said, it was really isolating. I can only communicate with Juana, and that was great, but only being able to talk to one person and being surrounded by a bunch of people, it's a really weird experience. People tried to talk to me, and I could only guess what they were saying in Quechua because I learned two words in the whole five and a half weeks that I spent on service. And yeah, it's a really, really difficult language. Towards the middle of this particular trip, I felt a little useless, underqualified, and sometimes didn't have the best attitude because of the circumstances. But then the thought came to me that these people need somebody. And I reflected on some scripture where God calls people out, like Moses, like Abraham, Gideon, Samuel. And he doesn't seek out the most qualified people. He seeks out those who are willing. And so that really just touched my heart. And I was like, somebody has to be willing to travel out here and to meet the needs of these people. And what an honor to be able to do that, to be able to serve them. So this turned my attitude around really quickly as I focused more on the individuals rather than my circumstances. I'm really glad that I got to visit a bunch of remote places and met so many beautiful, hospitable, kind, and joyful people. I learned on a deeper, deeper level that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Thank you. Hello, I'm Anna Laux. No matter who you talk to or which country they went to, everyone always talks about the relationships that were formed on SST, whether with a fellow student or a new friend. So I was expecting that bonding to take place, but was still surprised at how close I felt to my host families when I had to say goodbye, and at how close our group, full of wonderful weirdos, was by the time we boarded that plane headed for home. Perhaps it took place on that first day of service when I was instructed to strip down to my unmatching skivvies and endure the hot steam of a sauna with my mom and twin sisters. Or maybe it happened when a group of youth and I spontaneously surprised a friend for her birthday and stayed for hours. It could have been playing werewolves over and over with Brian, always saying he was innocent, and no one really believing him. But then again, it could have been riding in the back of an old truck, delivering new books and backpacks to schools around the city. Maybe it happened in the kitchen, where I watched my mom prepare delicious food, made some of my own, and learned the secrets to Peruvian cooking. I guess there was also the trips to Ayacucho with Danae and with my work, never knowing if that ride was your last on the windy racetrack in the mountains. Maybe it was all of these things, and maybe it was all those little moments when my heart was utterly and completely filled with joy dancing around the dining room, going to a play with my sister, finally understanding the quick-paced language they call Spanish, watching siblings play, looking into the mountains and seeing the beauty I was surrounded by, closing my eyes and breathing in that fresh Andes air, mind still and heart full. No matter how it happened, it did. Bonds were formed and differences became small in the face of what great potential there was for honest and true relationships. By the end, I could not believe how blessed I was to have so many wonderful people in my life, whether here on this stage or in the beautiful country known as Peru.
I'm Danae. Um, at several points throughout this trip, we had to rely on each other. The guys had to support each other as men dealing with the realities of 15 women. The signers had to rely on each other to get through living in deaf, deaf homes for the first time. And for some of us, our service assignments were really challenging. Lean on Me sort of became the anthem we sang to each other at our last event in Lima, our last day in Peru, and we will continue to sing it whenever we think of each other. We're going to sing it now for you, and if you know the words, please join along. And after we're done, you are free to go. <laughs> 